Yo, yo, yo. Thought Warriors. What is up? Oh, Our change it up. On. It is I, Van Lathan Jr. And it's me, Rachel and Lindsay. Rachel. We Damn. hung out. We hung out on, on, on Tuesday night. We hung out on Tuesday night. Could have hung out last night from what I'm told. Yeah, I messed up. You're in trouble. You are in trouble. I thought about you. And I, I thought, I thought for a second, where is he? Why is he not here? I messed up. Go ahead. Tell the people what happened. Tell the people. We did hang out night, Tuesday. We started with Tuesday. Shout out to, to Matt. No, let's start off with the negative. This is what you want to do. So I was going to talk about when we did hang out. Of course, you bring it back to the negative. It's fine. So um, last night was the Fear of God fashion show. The Hollywood Bowl, Los Angeles, California. Okay. Natalie Manuel Lee uh, invited me to this. Natalie and Brian. Great people. Great people. Very godly. Like, I call Natalie and Brian the Jesus light skins. Okay. The light skin <laughs> with Christ. You ever see Natalie and Brian and their family? Beautiful family. Brian, nice guy. Got a Beautiful mustache family. now. You know them. They're, they're great people. They're so yes. nice that sometimes it's hard for me to like be around. Brian is so positive and godly. I'm like, dog, I can't live up to... Anyway, so they're great people. He lifts you up. It's good for you to be around them. I, I, I feel like I bring him down. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway. I feel like um, that on the podcast. That's facts. Uh, whatever. So, look, <laughs> I, uh, uh, Natalie uh, reached out, said, hey, man, uh, you know, you come into the Fear of God fashion show. Natalie's brother, Jerry Lorenzo, who is the uh, the lead designer, the owner of Fear of God, it's a big deal. Everybody was going to be out there having a great time. And I forgot. I forgot about it How? yesterday. And then when I got up this morning, I saw you and the amazing Nina, who was invited to the screening Tuesday night, but didn't come. I saw, <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I, saw, I saw you and Nina and everybody hanging out. And I went, damn. And I shouldn't have mentioned it. I shouldn't have said anything. But of course, I blurted it out. Oh, shit. The fashion show was last night. What fashion show? What do you mean? Then I was in trouble with Kalika. It's disappointing. Poor Kalika. It's disappointing. I was a plus one. Okay? I, I didn't even get the original invitation. I was just happy to be in the mix. I was with the amazing Nina Parker, as you said. Yeah. Um, you should be. You're, you are in trouble because... Not only was it just great to be there, and it was so, like, just Black folks everywhere. Kalika's a stylist. She loves fashion. It would have just been such a beautiful moment for her to be there. I woke up this morning to a text message straight from Kalika. So upset. So upset she wasn't there. And I got to just tell you, it was such an incredible event. It started late. Obviously, it's fashionably late. It didn't matter. When I tell you everybody was there, Nate, just just name somebody black. And I'll be like, yes. Sydney Portier. Okay. 
<laughs> you said name somebody black. <laughs> Trying to make me feel okay. bad. Nobody even there. Co- Angela Bassett was. I know Angela he Bassett there. was there. A legend. Yeah. You want to name another legend? Angela Bassett. And where our seats were? Because like we had ourselves a little crew. It was me, Nina, Lamaya, Eric. And then Jason Lee was next to us. And everybody just was walking through. Everybody was walking through from the Angela to the Taraji to the Nia to the Queen to, I mean, you just, everybody was there. It was so beautiful. Everybody came out to support. Beautiful show. I do not know. Shout out to the artist that popped off the show from, um, he played the piano. He sang. It was amazing. He did about four songs. And then there was the show, and I wanted every single piece that the men and the women were wearing. Uh, Pusha T performed. Your boy was front row, zipped up from the top to the bottom. Who? Jamming. Who was was there? Pusha T was? Yay. Yay. Kanye West was there? Right there. Interesting. Um, I'll be honest with you. Right there. I'll be real. Everything that you're talking about right now, I don't give a fuck about none of that. <laughs> like, if, if if the only reason why I would have wanted to be there is because for Kalika, like I, I don't give a fuck about not one thing that was mentioned. Like, really, last night, let me tell you what happened here in this place. Last Go night ahead. I was on the couch. Last night I was on the couch. The game was on. Mm-hmm. Lee oh. Wagon walked over to me. He looked at me. And then he he looked over there and he was like, get on the couch. He's like, come on, get on the couch. He gets on the couch. He lays. I fall asleep with Wolseley Wabbit right there by me. We're on the couch. I wake up this morning. The wolves are still right there. That wasn't going to, I, I don't that give a fuck about fear or not. No, no, but it happened last that could night. Happen and, and it wouldn't have, it, it might not <laughs> happen if, I, if I'd have been out thotting at the fear of God fashion show. Oh, my God! Like, in in, in the Hollywood Bowl, okay? With Kanye West. You're telling me, you're telling me, you're trying to make me feel like I'm with me. And you're going to tell me that Kanye West was there? I don't because give it was, a fuck about he was that. he was off in the distance. It was a beautiful moment. He shouldn't even just, be invited. You just, spoke, you just spoke about Natalie and Brian and just like the like brand and what it and what it represents. And it was just so great to see this soul, first fashion show ever. Sold out crowd. So many people representing. I think one of the most fun moments was that the show started and it was this beautiful music. And it was like, you know, glory to glory. That's not the song, but it was like that kind of thing. It yeah. was like godly choir. And then all of a sudden the music stops and you hear it. Dun 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 dun, and everybody just fucked the mother nicks cause I'm down for my. Everybody was just lit. It was like a party. The the way that switch happened, and it was he played that. He played some Tupac and Bone Thugs. It was great. The fashion was great. It was a time. I I guess you want to downplay it because you. Forgot, and that's fine. And that's a defense mechanism. Rachel, I know you don't care, but wait, wait. I know you don't so, care. So don't, but just, if, don't, look, look, if you I had been there, she missed it. But no, no, no. If you had been there, it's one of those things where it's like I wasn't there. It's fine, whatever. 
But if you had gone, you would have appreciated. I ran into somebody who I was like, man, you got to come on the podcast. Oh. And I was like, don't tell Van. We'll surprise them. We'll surprise them. I'm not gonna. Okay, cool. I'm not gonna tell you. It's fine. We're gonna That's surprise. Fine. They're gonna come. Look, He's like, oh, Vance, the homie. I said, I know he is. Why don't you come on the podcast? It'll be a lot of fun. Who could this be? Whatever. Don't you uh, love look, surprises? It, it, I do love surprises. <laughs> look, it, it, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I would like to say something right now. As this Go podcast ahead, is dropping, it's a very important day. This podcast is dropping on April 21st. Uh, 2023. That is the birthday of my mouse, Kalika Abram. <laughs> okay. Uh, I would like to say happy birthday to the most beautiful thing that nature and God have, has ever created. The best mouse ever, the cutest little mouse pup that's ever lived, a special dog. Her name is Kalika. Okay. I have a very special gift for you. It is your birthday today. I'm glad to know you glad to have you in my life. I don't know where I would be right now if you weren't there. Right? Number two, it's also somebody else's birthday, Rachel Lindsay. Right? <laughs> it's Rachel Lindsay's birthday as we Just celebrate that. today. <laughs> and let me tell you something else. It's a really interesting situation that the two women in my life, okay, have the exact same birthday right now. When that happened, when we first knew that, I was like, we're going up. This podcast is out of <laughs> It's like, how could that be? <laughs> of all the birthdays and all the, the, the days and all the years, it's Kalika Rachel Day. Kalika yes, Rachel Day. What do you guys got planned? What are y'all doing? It's a good day. Well, Friday, we're, we're each its own, doing our own thing. Saturday, thank God for Kalika, who is proactive and plans things. She's put together yeah. a karaoke event. Which I'm very, right? (laughs) Which I'm very, very excited about. Um, Even when I saw her on Tuesday, I was like, girl, all I'm thinking about is my karaoke song. What are we going to do? I don't know yet. I'm going to think about it. I got a couple of, I got a couple of go-tos, but I might change it up. Narrow it down. Yeah. And then Sunday, um, I'm going to do a little spa thing. But, you know, I got to work on Saturday before karaoke. You know, it's nonstop over here. Um, narrow your songs down. Give us the top four songs that you might do in karaoke. I love to do, and you're gonna roll your eyes. Mm-hmm. I love a Spice Girls. Oh Jesus! Wanna be? All right. You know Yo, I tell you what I want. What I really. I'll tell you what you want. What you really want to. I 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 want to. Really, 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 really. Dad, being in the place to be, she's a real lady. And as for me, how you'll see, slam your body down and wind it Slam your body down and wind it Slam your body down and wind it Hey, hey, hey. See, see, see. I was at Nelson's house and it was early in the morning. Um, And I wake up and I'm watching like the box and Wannabe comes on, right? And I remember seeing Mel and being like, that is the baddest fucking woman I've ever seen before in my life. <laughs> Who are these ladies? You know what I mean? And then after that, Two Became One came out. They had a little run. I think that it's weird that that's the song that you would do, but it is it is a song from my youth that it's I It's one of, it's, yeah, like you gotta do a throwback, and that mm-hmm. reminds me of it. There's gotta be a Mary J. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going down, real love. Okay. Okay. 
I don't okay. know. Janet is always a good one. Kalik and I were talking about that because you got to do a song where you know a little bit of choreography too. Okay. You know? Nice. Mm-hmm. I got to figure out my rap song though. I got to figure song. out the rap song. You got to do, you got to do something. You got to do ice cream paint job. Yeah, I rep for Dallas. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is that a karaoke song that people do? I thought I, I would do some DSR. DSR. On the bus side. Yeah. Down. Yeah, you can do that. You do it like ooh, do one of those ooh. songs. Like you, dog. You like that shit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I do know it. But like, I'm not, hey. I'm not, you always want me to bow down <laughs> you, to the You cues. always do this. No, because I, you always no. do this. You're like, let me tell you something. And I'll be like, Dan, wanna, just, just pledge. I don't want to bow down. You want me to bow down Donnie, to the cues. If you I ask Donnie to, to put a, a collaboration of you doing this, it's not a cult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a cult. not a cult. Hey, while we're in the pleasantries, you know what I just came from? What? I'm like queen of the Walk of Fame. I do all these Walk of Fame interviews when people get their star. When people get their mm-hmm. star on the Walk of Fame. I just did Martin Lawrence. And when I tell you it Donnie, was a beautiful that. moment. Donnie, clip that. Clip that. Take all of Rachel's Donnie, remember that. I just did Martin Lawrence. So put put take all of Rachel's <laughs> things together. Her, her out of context things. <laughs> take all of Rachel's out of context. Donnie, remember that. She just Donnie, did don't Martin do Lawrence. Me like just that. then. She okay, go ahead. Way to ruin a moment. I just interviewed Martin Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you it was so, he's so he was it was so humble. He had his family there. He had Tracy Morgan, Steve Harvey, Avion, um, uh, D-Ray was there, Michael Bloxton was there. I know I'm forgetting somebody, but just like all these comedians come out, support him. Lynn Whitfield spoke for him. She was there. Tracy Morgan said the most beautiful thing. He was talking about doing Hustle Man and how Martin, giving him that opportunity, gave, a cha- gave his, oppor- his family the opportunity to leave the ghetto. And he was like, Martin did that for a lot of people with his show. He gave them the opportunity to get their start. Steve Harvey talked about how that show was the blackest show from when you walked in to when you left, from wardrobe to hair, makeup, to production, everything, catering. He's like, everything was black and just talked about what it meant for the culture. And it was just like really a nostalgic moment in addition to everything else that Martin Lawrence has done. But it was nice to see him. It's one of those people where you were like, how does he not have a star? Yet on the Walk of Fame. Yeah. It was a beautiful Martin Lawrence is amazing. Shout out to Martin. I'm glad Mm -hmm. that that happened for him. I'm glad that people are giving him his due. Uh, He's one of the biggest comedy stars in the 90s, 2000s. And they got another Bad Boys movie coming out. They got another one coming out. I think they're doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, he told me it was the best one yet. Best one yet. Yeah, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. Um, Okay. You guys. Oh, Tuesday, by the way, was a screen of a movie called Once Again for the First Time. Uh, that I'm involved with, the writer-director, Boaz Yaquin. It's a, an allegorical tale of, of trauma, survival, and perseverance. Uh, it's an interesting watch. Rachel was there. Uh, that was Tuesday, and, you know, we, we hung out. But you It know, was we, a we, beautiful watch. You liked it. It was interesting, but it was beautiful. At some points, I was like, I feel dumb because I felt like some of it was going over my head. But from the parts that I did, it was, it was abstract. But it was a beautiful story. And the acting was top notch. Great. Great performances. Top notch. 
Great performances. Yeah. Uh, Boash Akeem, you guys might know him from Fresh. You might not know him from Remember the Titans. He's the director of the movie, the writer of the movie. Uh, Nick and me are, are are involved with it as well. Um, so six feet over. So like Rachel came, she she showed out, she supported. Shout out to Rachel, shout out to Joy Taylor, shout out to Sean. Um, shout out to my brother Jabril, shout out to all of the people that came out. Play, I uh, met supported. somebody in the player proof crew. Jabril is not in the player proof he- crew. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Sorry to it's Jabril. A different set of people. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Sorry to, to now, Jabril. Now that's something that has to be brought up. Now that's going to be something that gets discussed. So I can't keep you. up. I thought he was a yeah. part of it. Wrong. Is he from back home? He is. It's a so he was adjacent. Yeah, he was adjacent. And let me tell you something about Jabril. So Jabril is, so all the player proof crew guys are good looking. Right, they're all it's a handsome crew of black men. Tall guys. You saw Jabril tall. Was man, that a requirement? Right? Yeah, no, he it, said he's a handsome guy. Was is it a it was a requirement? So I you got your God, own little fraternity right I there. I swear you to God, it just it just happened that way. Like it, it, it just okay. happened that way. I remember one time Gino was like Okay. I, I was I was stressing out about uh about this girl, and Gino was like, Man, let me just keep it real with you, bro. If you was an ugly nigga, you'd have heard that way before now. Because we'd have been on your head about that shit. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but Jabril was like, uh, so Jabril is good looking, but he also was like fucking a dude. Like he was, like he was, like he, he, so I started dunking the ball at 15. He started dunking the ball at 12. You know, he okay. was like a, he was like okay. a dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like he, he was like, uh, and you know, he, he came to my first day of school at McKinley with me. When I went to McKinley, Jabril yeah. was there my first day of school and just, it was kind of a thing to where you really love your best friend. Um, but you like, I'm ready for this nigga to leave. Cause I need my shot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's like it's like it's like, hey, girls come up to you like, hey, it's first day. You like, hey, what's up with you? How you doing? He's like, is who is that? Like your brother or something like that? Tell him to come over here. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you talk to me. Um, so sometimes in the player proof crew, it's a little bit because he wasn't in the player proof crew. It was a little bit of yeah. you know, I bring I bring Jabril around and you know taunt them. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, you think you're a player? <laughs> I bring Jabril around to taunt the guys. <laughs> I know I got a nigga that can steal your bitch. <laughs> anyway, um, but nobody I, b- before they hear Jeez. this and get mad, nobody got more girls than Ian and Gino and Trey. Oh, Ryan. <laughs> oh, they're so good looking. Oh, they're so good with women. My name is Ian Spooner, and all the ladies love me. Ha <laughs> ha. I'm Gino. I'm Ryan. Wait. Yeah, whatever, guys. Uh, Does right. the player proof crew listen? Yeah, they do. They'll hear this. You, you just like the one thing you can't do is you can't two things with Ian. Or, or Ryan doesn't really give a fuck, right? Ryan either. But two things with Ian that you cannot ever like front on him with. Number one is his ability with women, and number two is singing. So right now, well, if he I is say, a great singer. He's a great singer. So like right now, if I say so and so sings better than Ian, or Ian can't sing, Ian gonna be like, uh, <laughs> whatever. What's what's sorry about that before we move on? So 
Ian is so, as a singer, he's the most vulnerable about singing. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. he's like, he's, he loses all sort of, um, he lets his guard down. He loses all pretension or whatever, like when he's talking about his voice and singing and music. He's vulnerable. Okay. He's attentive. He's like really one with it. So there's this guy named Muhammad who <laughs> used to used to sing with them back in the day too. And Muhammad had a beautiful voice. Okay. Three best voices I've ever had were our homeboy Jason who got killed back in the day just had a gorgeous voice. A beautiful voice. Uh, Muhammad and Ian, those are the three best singers I've ever heard with my ears, right? Now, I remember it was maybe like 2000, 2001. Ian was really in like a like a vulnerable moment. And he goes, yeah, man, well, I used to sing with Muhammad, bro. You know, it was like our voices were like in love. We were young. What? You see what I mean? And we weren't really to the point to where that could be appreciated, right? And I remember sitting there and Ian said that and I went, huh. And then I look at Gino. <laughs> Gino looked at me and we know that the drive is coming. You know that the drive is coming. If you're Ian, you know <laughs> that we're about to get off. And so i never forget Ian like, Ian like, somebody, Fat ass nigga, what you gonna try to make it? I'm like, why am I? Why I gotta be fat? Cause you wanna fuck Muhammad, bro. Like why? Like why? Like why I gotta be fat? Cause you wanna fuck Muhammad. Like why? Yeah, why do I? Go. Why do I take trap milk? Cause you wanna have sex with him. And right now, somewhere, Ian is hearing this, <laughs> and he is mad. On the other side of his break. Fox News settles me, with Dominion. <laughs> Fox, Fox News settles with Dominion. What it means and what happens next. Big deal of the day. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear. Especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. The Dominion Voting Systems beat Fox. Uh, they settled the defamation case. They had sued Fox for $1.6 billion with a B. Um, they settled this. The voting technology company and Fox have settled for 
and $87 million. That is historic. However, Fox will not have to apologize on air or anywhere else for the alleged defamation um, to Dominion voting systems. Here's the thing. We know that this has to do with uh, election lies that were spotted off on Fox News by various people, including some uh, members of the Fox News broadcast team, about the fact that Dominion voting systems ha- uh, were hacked and untrustworthy and led to widespread voter fraud that delivered the 2020 presidential election to Joe Biden. Rachel, when you heard that Fox and Dominion had settled, what was your thought? Something that you just said. Um, you said that Fox, sorry, you said the Dominion beat Fox when you were talking about this. Yes. That goes to my first thought. I don't think they did. I think the winner in this is Fox. And for the life of me, when I heard that they settled, that was not surprising. When you look at the evidence that we knew so far, and specifically the way the judge was ruling in pretrial motions against Fox, when you look at the things that were said in depositions by Fox, on-air personalities, by the person, uh, Rupert Murdoch, who ran it, everything was in favor of Dominion. So it was not surprising to me. And for people who are like, man, this was in like the 11th hour, the jury had been selected, they were right there. That is, it is not abnormal for a case to settle prior, especially when the odds are stacked against one party. The shocking part to me was the number. Everything seemed to be moving towards Dominion and against Fox. So I was completely shocked to know that Dominion settled for more than half of what they were asking for originally in the lawsuit. This made absolutely no sense to me. And I'm not Dominion, and I don't know what was at stake for them, and I don't know what kind of costs they, you know, potentially have incurred or what was coming up for them. Maybe they needed this money. They needed a settlement. But this was bigger than just getting a a monetary judgment against Fox. This was about holding Fox accountable for what they had done and perpetuating these lies about election fraud and Dominion and certain and, and, and Trump and all of this. It was bigger than that. So the fact that they settled seemed to me, it's like, this is a win for Fox because not they didn't just settle. The terms are just the money. Fox doesn't have to apologize. Fox doesn't have to acknowledge anything. Fox gets to pay this money, which we know they make a lot. And this is not that much of a dent to them and move on to the next lie, to the next story that they want to go ahead and put out there. This won't affect their audience. This won't affect their bottom dollar. This won't affect their sponsorships. And when you look at legal scholars, they talk about how this was the biggest case against a network with evidence that was towards the people bringing the case and against the network. This is the biggest case that they had seen. 
This they had the biggest chance of winning with all the evidence that was stacked up. We had the possibility of looking at of watching some of these anchors have to testify in trial. This would have been huge. This could have been the end of Fox, or at least the humiliation of some of these anchors that go on and lie and lie and lie every single night. So to me, I'm mad at Dominion. This seems to be a punk move. Because to me, maybe we will learn something that speaks to why they felt the need to settle. But to me, this was a lost opportunity to really get at Fox. And I don't know if there will be another opportunity to do this because Fox seems very comfortable just writing a check and making it go away than facing the music. So here's the thing. A couple of things. I have a couple of issues with a couple of things that you've said. Number one. Oh, please. I do. Yeah, big time. Number one. That's when you said what it's about. That's what it was about to you. Dominion wasn't looking to hold Fox accountable. Dominion wasn't looking to save American democracy or embarrass Fox. Dominion was defamed. And because they were defamed, they were seeking damages from a a media company that has done most likely irreparable harm to Dominion. When you hear Dominion now, you will probably in some way associate Dominion with the 2020 election. And for a large portion of the public, it doesn't even matter that all of these things were shown to have been lies. They still believe that Dominion voting systems are susceptible to hacks and or that some way they are crooked and working with the Democrats. So that brand is probably shot as far as it goes for a lot of people. They have something on their name. So they're looking for damages there. They weren't trying in any way to uh, to, to, to get Rupert Murdoch right, to make Fox, uh, you know, uh, come to Jesus in with political honesty or news. They weren't trying to do any of that. They got their legal bills paid for as part of this $40 million. And they got 700, nearly $800 million. That is a win and a half. And they don't have to go to trial. That's definitely a win for Dominion. And if you can settle in a situation like that, you do settle. You put the number at 1.6, obviously, because you're trying to get close to a billion dollars. Something else. I don't think that we can say outright that this doesn't affect Fox in terms of uh their 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 profits fox's profits for um their profit for 2020 their net income is about 1.2 billion dollars 1.2 billion dollars i mean they make a lot of money but their net income is about 1.2 billion bucks so being that their net income is 1.2 billion dollars 757 million bucks is a shit ton of money for them to have to pay out. That is absolutely going to hurt. And I would say something else here. Fox is not anywhere close to out of the woods. Right now, there's also a $2.7 billion lawsuit coming from Smartmatic. 
Smartmatic is another voting systems company uh, that is that is suing Fox for defamation that claims that they were defamed. And the, the people over at Smartmatic are saying, if you thought all of the information about Fox came out during the Dominion suit, you ain't seen nothing yet. And then Fox has yet another problem, which is that some of their shareholders are probably going to launch lawsuits as well because they are being affected by uh, the malpractice of Fox News staff in getting sued for defamation. This has happened a couple of times there. Shareholders, uh, they, they sued Fox or they settled with Fox during the entire uh, Bill O'Reilly's sexual misconduct thing that caused a black eye on the company. There was a settlement back in the day from the hacking thing that went on over in London. And now you're looking at a situation where the shareholders who, you know, the, the, the brass at Fox, the shareholders have a fiduciary responsibility to hold Fox accountable. It's really a bad time over there. I think when I saw people um, looking at the settlement and saying that in some way Fox like skirted or in some way Fox wasn't held to account, I think what people wanted was their version of this to happen. And they didn't look, in my opinion, at what actually happened. What actually happened is that Fox was hit for half or a third of their yearly profits, which, guys, is going to hurt Fox. And this just buttered the fucking bread for Smartmatic. Fox is on the ropes right now. And you might see something that you might not have seen before, which is you might see a sort of tightening of the standard of the discussion over there because they have finally had to pay out some real consequences for the things that they say. This is actually this has actually never happened to them before. Where they had to pay it be one thing we were talking about $50 million. We're talking about almost $800 million. It's a big deal. I was actually pretty excited about the whole thing. And I when I saw people kind of upset about it on Twitter, I don't I don't feel like we we delved enough into what the settlement actually means for them and like what they have mm. coming down the pike. So key things, a few things that you said, you said they might tighten up. They might do these things. This was a, an extremely strong case against Fox. One like we had never seen against any network in regards to defamation ever. If money was the bottom line, which I don't doubt it. I, I believe that. And clearly it was at the end of the day. I mean, it's a business. They've been harmed. They may never recover. I get that they that money is what what's important to them. Knowing what was for them, and this is a civil case. So, you know, I don't, they're not paying their, most likely they're not paying their attorneys by the hour. So the more the settlement is, the more the lawyers get. That's how it works. So my point is, but it's based off a percentage is my point, based on how yeah. much the settlement is or the judgment would have been had this gone to trial. 
seeing how things were going in their favor and how Fox was continually losing credibility with the judge in this case by hiding certain things, by not being forthcoming, the odds were in their favor. So going forward towards the 1.6, maybe they didn't get 1.6, maybe they got a billion. To me, if the money was the issue, why not continue in that way rather than settle for less, more than half of what it is that you were asking? I agree with you on the money. That's obvious based on the, the fact that they decided to settle. But I feel like if they kept pursuing it and you've gone this far, you've been doing this for two years. There's a two-year lawsuit at this point. Why not just keep going? This benefits, I don't care. We Donnie put in the rundown, the last quarter they made $321 million. This benefits Fox because Fox can continue with the lie. Not that they're going to continue lying about this, but they can act as if it never happened because they don't have to apologize and they don't have to be accountable. And I totally know about the other lawsuit at play, but right now that's not affecting what they're doing on their network. Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, all the other people, whoever else it was, didn't have to testify, didn't have to look like fools. Their credibility isn't, isn't sway. And it, it really isn't. And it really could have been had, the, especially if this had been a trial that was, um, streaming live. If this had been, if they allowed cameras into the courtroom, this potentially could have been damaging. And I think that Fox is able to hide behind it with this settlement. They just pay and they keep it going. They'll recover. This one lawsuit is, I do not think affects them that much. And I think we will see the same thing happen because if the bottom line was the money for this, for Dominion, it'll be the same for the next. And they'll just write another check. I I just don't understand. Their their credibility isn't, their credibility isn't hurting at all. Their credibility wasn't going to be hurting. Everything that we would have wanted to know in terms of this, a lot of the stuff, it was reported. It was reported that Tucker Carlson said that he hated Donald Trump. It was reported that um, that Rupert Murdoch admitted that everybody lied. These were these in the depots that came out. These things were reported. I'm not saying that they might have not had more power had these people had to take the stand. What I'm saying now is I'm saying we, we keep talking about like what we wanted from the case and Dominion wanted to get a bag for what happened to their company, right? So we've established that. So so then why take it to trial? Anything could happen. Because you could have got more money. You and but, but the way the trial was but, going, but the way the I, trial was going, the, the way Rachel, the, trial the trial was going, it's started. not like it was the trial hadn't even started. <laughs> so okay. so like it, but but excuse so, me, so, can I put can I throw the attorney? Can I put the attorney the trial yeah. is everybody says you win the case, you win the case. Before it even starts, that is that people you you go into a law crash and they'll say when in litigation when do you win the case and they'll say voir dire, you win it before. Everything that was happening prior to this was in Dominion's favor. Let me ask you a Everything. question. As a civil attorney, which you were one, right? What percentage mm-hmm. of the time did you go into the courtroom? Did you did you actually try out a civil case? How many times do those civil cases? Make it into they don't. the court. They don't based upon me right. twice. So 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 there you go. So twice in the time that you served as an attorney, did you try a civil case? Settlements in situations like this well, 
are customary, right? They happen all the time. I they agree. They happen more times than they don't. So in a, so in a, so I in a situation agree. like this, the only reason why we would have the only reason why people would have wanted uh, this to go to trial is to embarrass Fox and Dominion. That wasn't their thing. I personally I, think that the best way, the best way, because I don't think Fox News viewers care about anything that they were going to hear during the trial. I don't think Fox News viewers care about that. Now, the best way was to get the money. And the surest way to get the money was to settle for almost $800 million. No, the sh- it's the surest way to get some money. The cases, you want to talk about the cases that did go to trial? Because I did insurance defense. So it was about the in- whether or not the insurance company wanted to pay the plaintiff. The, the ones that went to trial, when we tried to settle and we were like, we're going to give you this amount. And they were like, no, it's because the evidence was in their favor. And I, there were cases that went to trial and they got more money from the jury than we were trying to settle with them. Now, on appeal, it might it was a different story and they and they lost that, but they got it from the jury because the evidence was in their favor, whether whether even if the evidence wasn't emotionally, it was in their favor to where a jury couldn't get past it with everything that was stacked against Fox. I think it was more likely than not. And when and more that I read and reading what legal scholars are saying is more likely than not that they were going to win and they were going to get more money than eight hundred million dollars. My thing. Go ahead, because I just lost my what point. I'm saying, what I'm saying, though, is you just said the word appeal. So let's say we go through a trial and the trial lasts two, three months. Sure. However long it lasts. Remember, Dominion is a company, a company with elections coming up that might have systems that are being used less and Dominion is paying money out, right? So let's say you beat Fox, Fox appeals. How long yeah. after that do you have to wait? This, like, yeah, well, oh, it look, could be a while. Like, so, so, uh, right, so what I'm saying right now is this definitely makes sense for Dominion. For people who wanted to see a truck. So but for, for people who wanted to see a trial, the democracy on trial or media on trial, then maybe you're left with a with a uh, with a sour taste in your mouth. But I would say even to those people, you're glass half emptying this. And when you look at the fact that this is just the beginning, I have it up right here. Um, the just the beginning of the problems for Fox. Shareholder complaints in the Delaware County Court uh, saying that Fox breached their fiduciary oversight duties by failing to block the network's flawed reporting despite red flag warnings. Fox is in a little trouble here. And we shouldn't cut off our nose to spite our face just because you got we didn't get to see Tucker Carlson on the stand. Maybe Smartmatic would no, do it. I don't think that, that I don't think that you're you're that, but I agree with you. The first thing I said is I don't know what is the issue with Dominion and they might need the money as a business. I totally agree with that. I believe they could have gotten both. We could have seen both. Not that Fox's audience would have reacted a certain way, but I could have, I feel like we could have gotten both. They could have gotten the money and there could have been the accountability and the humiliation on the side of Fox. And I will just say the last thing I will say is there is a difference when somebody's saying, 
They said this during their deposition. They said this during their tech mes- text messages and watching someone on the stand and having that video footage. There's a total difference and there's a different impact than having to watch a Tucker Carlson being cross-examined, direct examination, all of it. There's a total difference to it. I you agree. see it. I'm just saying. I, I think I it, agree. I, they didn't care about it. But that. we'll never and know because they and fucking think, settled. And, and, I, and I think the reality of the situation is this. You guys, you guys follow your hearts all the time. You're, you're, there's a bunch of people out here who are following their hearts. They thought that Dominion was the little guy <laughs> suing Fox and they were going to bring Fox to bear. Dominion was doing what they were doing. The money is what matters here. The money is what matters. And they got a for sure payout that hits now for a large portion of Fox's yearly income. It's not a small number, but I, I feel what you're saying. All right. Uh, we got Lee Merritt coming on. Normally, we would hold the interviews uh, to the second half of the show. But Lee Merritt, who is representing Ralph Yarl in the atrocious shooting case down there in uh, Kansas City, joins us right now on Higher Learning. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear. Especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. You guys are well aware as we have discussed it here on the podcast about the situation in Missouri regarding a young man named Ralph Yarl. Ralph is on the men right now, which is fantastic. But we talked about him on the last podcast. He was uh, tragically and really outrageously shot while knocking on the door of a man whose home he had showed up to mistakenly. Um, now, since that has happened, We just talked a little bit about it before. There have been a string of similar shootings, which underscores kind of what it is that we're dealing with as an American society when it comes to guns. 
But in the case of Ralph Yarl, we are blessed to have somebody on the podcast today that has direct knowledge of the situation there and what's going to happen in the future. His name is Lee Merritt, and he is an asset to this culture, an asset to humanity. Uh, he's a, a lawyer and a freedom fighter out of Texas who is, am I right about this, Lee, representing the Yarl family uh, in their case uh, against the, the gentleman who, 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 uh, who shot him twice um, for no damn reason. Uh, uh, Lee's here today on Higher Learning, and that'll be my first question. How did you come to uh, represent the Yarl family? Well, uh, Ralph was shot a week ago today. And so shortly after the shooting, people in his community began reaching out to me um, and other attorneys online asking for help. They eventually got to me when Sean King called me on Friday and said, hey, look, um, he actually reached out to Ben and I, I put us on a group text and said, hey, look, I really want you all to look into this case. My secretary was getting married Saturday, so we had to look on it uh, right before her wedding. Got on a plane Sunday uh, when the family asked us to come down. Lee, we have mentioned you several times on this podcast because of the work that you do. And you you are constantly representing Black individuals, Black families for injustices that are done upon them or, or someone similarly, similarly situated. Let me just ask you this. How are you? Because I don't know how you do it. And I'm and and we are grateful for what you do and 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 continuously do. But how are you? Because I can't imagine having to, you know more than we even know about certain cases, because this is a case that has been brought to national attention. I'm sure there are multiple cases that you have that we don't even know about. Yeah. Yeah. I I am relieved in this case because I heard a little boy was shot in his head. And then again, when he was on the ground, and I assumed that by the end of the week in Kansas, I would be attending a funeral. And that's mm. normally how this pattern goes. I have been in this line of work for over a decade now, uh, representing victims of police violence in the deadliest police culture in the modern world. And I used to just throw myself into it and say, well, at least I get to be a part of the solution. And when people ask me how I was doing, I would give some sort of answer like that. The truth is, this shit is exhausting. You know, the truth mm. is I've learned to sit back um, and kind of try to detach myself, give myself a chance to breathe, recover, meet with my therapist, hang with my kids, um, and um, and then come back to the fight. But for a long time there, I was standing too close to the fire, and it really began to affect my personal mental health. Mm. Wow. Um, I'm going to come back to that and ask you just how you coped, uh, because I think that's something that um. A lot of people deal with that are aren't even as into it as you are in terms of being in the middle of these situations. I think sometimes just sort of uh, ingesting them over and over and over again can lead people to to feel that type of burnout. Uh, the man who is the shooter here, eighty four year old Andrew Lester. Now, there's going to be a lot of discussion as this gets ping ponged around from various sides of the internet about why someone would have done something like that about what the, the the purpose of shooting through your door when you hear somebody knock on your door is, uh, about castle doctrine, self-defense, all of those things. For our audience who might not be aware of it, exactly what is he charged with and 
what are they going to attempt to prove to make sense out of this unbelievably senseless shooting event that took place? He's charged with aggravated assault in the first degree, which is the Missouri. <clears throat> the Missouri, um, Missouri laws, similar. Oh, I'm sorry, I need to say that differently. Um, it, yeah. Yeah, the Missouri statutes equivalent is the word I was looking for. Do you mind if I start that over? Sure. No, go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, so he, he was charged with first degree assault, which is the Missouri statutes equivalent to attempted murder and aggravated arm action. Uh, together, those two charges could bear the penalty of life. Before we get into the Castle Doctrine, which is something that's been discussed publicly, but prosecutors don't even know that a jury can be charged, and given the facts that we know now with the Castle Doctrine, because there must be an initial showing that there was a reasonable belief that deadly, a deadly threat was being exerted by the little boy ringing the doorbell. And since there's been no evidence that he did anything other than ring the doorbell and stand on on the front porch, as many people as you imagine do on a daily basis. The castle action isn't even invoked at that point. Um, but there are, there is deeper discussion as we learn more evidence about who Mr. Lester is, uh, whether or not hate crimes and can be applied either at the federal level or through the Missouri statute. Mm. Uh, what? Chooks, I think a lot of people were very frustrated with, we know now that he has been charged, but initially he was not. And I think one of the things that was really frustrating was we were listening to the police chief speak out and she said that she needed, um, one of the, one of the things that she needed was testimony from the victim, mm -hmm. which we know isn't necessarily what you always need. I mean, they build domestic violence cases off of without necessarily a cooperative, uh, victim. So, why why was that being asserted and is that something that we is was that even necessary for them to eventually charge him because i think a lot of people were upset and there was this outrage that it didn't seem you know he he went in and he came right back out mm -hmm. if you could explain a little bit of that a kcpd and the clayton county prosecutors in that area got caught nationally with their pants down what actually happened was mm -hmm. on thursday uh, they heard about a shooting of some black boy in a, a predominantly white neighborhood they began criminalizing that unnamed black boy. He wasn't the national Ralph that we all knew last week, Thursday. He was just another black kid who got shot in Kansas City, which is a common occurrence. And they began testing the labs. When I spoke with the prosecutor, he said one of the reasons we didn't uh, charge Thursday or Friday is we were waiting for the labs to come back. So I asked him, well, what labs did you run on, on Mr. Lester, of course, right? And they said, no, the blood from the scene, we had to test to see if it had any intoxicants. If, if if Ralph was under the influence of some sort of drug so that we can criminalize him, uh, they never intended to go after Andrew Lester. It was only after the national wow. outcry uh, and the national shock uh, that when the, you know, the federal spotlight was shined on them, that they began treating this case like other very serious uh, shooting cases. Wait, wait a minute. Jeez. Wait a second. Uh, the kid is shot twice and they ran a tox a toxicology test on him before arresting his assailant. Not Andrew Lester. They didn't run any tax on him, which obviously that's kind of evidence that we want to know what was he under the influence of. 
No, they took the blood from Ralph from the scene. And then they said they told us that they were waiting to get the labs back before they issued an arrest warrant. Lee, uh, uh, what? What 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 what's the uh before I lose my shit here? What what's what what's the justification for that? Like what uh is that standard procedure? Like how why did they do that? You're asking a, a trick question. Is it standard procedure in American jurisprudence in American law enforcement to criminalize the victim when they're black? He he asserted an affirmative defense. He said that he was he thought that Ralph was trying to get in. And so I guess in order to shore up his defense, if Ralph had some intoxicants, they might be able to help absolve Andrew Lester of this terrible crime. And, yeah, we do see that all the time. So, yeah, that is, that is kind of standard procedure. Um, If, in fact, there is a, a component here that escalates this into a hate crime, you know, um, how, how does that change things? I saw, I guess it was Andrew Lester's grandson talking with Don. Um, and he asserted that his his grandfather has some sort of racial bias that's inflamed by his incessant viewing of Fox News. If, in fact, all of that turns out to be true, how, how does that change the crime, the penalty or the way you guys might uh, 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 might view it or, or the way he might be prosecuted, shall I say? So I, I don't think it's likely that under the Missouri statute, uh, under the Missouri hate crime statute, the criminal charges go forward. However, there is a serious investigation underway by the Department of Justice, uh, who's led by Kristen Clark. My office and Ben has had some experience with Kristen Clark because she brought those hate crime charges against the men who murdered Ahmaud Arbery uh, back in 2020. Uh, it, that, that case has similarities in terms of what statutes should apply, because in both cases, some white men using the pretext that they were defending their community went after an innocent black person. Uh, of course, that case involved a chase and some more horrendous details here. The details are bad enough, but we know that Larry, uh, I'm sorry, Andrew Lester made a flip decision when he got to the door that the person outside was black and imposing and he was justified in using deadly force. That's not altogether dissimilar from what the, the decision making of the McMichaels when they murdered Ahmaud Arbery because he was running while black. And we, we do think that there's a strong possibility that similar federal charges I will go forward against uh, Mr. Lester. Um, something I want to go back to that you said was the public outcry, the national outcry, that pretty much you're saying that this case wouldn't be where it is today. Andrew Lester most likely would not be charged if there wasn't the national outcry. You who have dedicated your life's work to this, how important and necessary is it that we have, like, we, we, we support each other. We have this national outcry. We bring attention to it because I'm sure you've seen it be the opposite when it's not. So if you can speak to why it's important to discuss it like we are right now, to post on social media, to make the phone calls, because the case could be totally different. We might not even be speaking Ralph Yarl's name. Yeah. Everybody should be calling out the injustice that we see on a daily basis. But I get it. It's exhausting to have to do that. Right. Uh, we talked about all of these other shootings that took place since Ralph was was, was uh, gunned down by the shooter. Uh, what the family has asked during this entire time, very specifically in the media, is that they want equal justice across the board. 
Yet, yet shootings happen in the deadliest police, I'm sorry, in the deadliest gun violence country in the world. Uh, shootings happen all the time. In order to rein those in, we want to see a, a response from the uh, the prosecutors uh, that that mirror um, what, what they get in white neighborhoods. Unfortunately, if we don't cry out, if we don't speak out for Ronald Green, uh, who was beat to, de- uh, to death in Louisiana and Baton Rouge, uh, very similar to what happened to Tyree Nichols when black, five black officers uh, beat him to death. Uh, Troop F, and I'm sorry to sort of go off a tangent, but Troop F in, um, in Louisiana beat Ronald Green to death, but it was five white officers and we didn't have the public outcry and we haven't seen nearly the kind of response. So you're, you're, you're absolutely right. In my cases, what I've learned over a decade of work is that unless there is public outcry, I'm sorry, when there is public outcry, families are empowered actually to get justice. Uh, when the communities are silent or they're, they're busy or they're burned out or frustrated, it's very, it's a very low likelihood that the kind of pressure necessary to get policies changed, to gain, gain accountability will actually uh, take place. Um. What information do we have? Is there any information about, uh, you know what? Forget about that. Lee, tell us about Ralph. Like, who is, who is Ralph Yarl? Who, who is the kid? Uh, what is he like? Yeah. So Ralph is a 16-year-old junior in high school. Uh, he's a music major. Uh, I say music major. Obviously, you don't have majors in high school. Uh, right. But he's been... Uh, recruited to be at a, at the music the, the premier music academy in the region he's been recruited uh, repeatedly by places like Yale and Harvard to apply to their school because of his gift as a um as a bass clarinet player i've i've had the chance to hang around him I, um and watch him interact with the president he's a funny kid he always cracks a, he finds a way to crack a joke even though he's speaking with like you know madam vice president Kamala Harris he, he, he's uh, slid in a couple of funny ones there. And this is somebody who just had a bullet in her brain less than a week ago, right? Um, and so I, I really think uh, Ralph was special. And I also think that this is happening right now for a reason to this kid. Uh, I, I think God has something planned. Uh, he shouldn't have survived. Uh, the, the kind of injury he sustained is not the kind of thing that this 16-year-old quite petite boy should have survived, but he ran to three other neighbors and got himself help. And he's still here. Uh, I'm looking forward to his, his recovery process because I think Ralph can change the world. Uh, And piggybacking off of that, how else can we continue to support this particular case? Cause I know you have many, and I do have that question as well. Um, Not to take away from the issue at hand, but while we have this opportunity, I want to I want to be able to to bring awareness to other cases that you're working on, too. But how can we help continue to help Ralph's family to make sure that justice, whatever that means in the best way, is served when it comes to to Ralph and that Andrew Lester is behind bars? And, and maybe if you can say this as well, because I didn't have time to look this up. What is the max he's even facing? Because it's not murder. It's first degree assault. So what is it that he's, um, or attempted murder, I should say, what is it that he's facing and how many years is it? And with the hate crime element, is that that just on federal, like what is he looking at and what can we do to be more vocal to make sure that the maximum is uh, placed on Andrew Lester? I'll say as an 84-year-old man, uh, misdemeanor is probably a life sentence uh, for Andrew Lester. But outside of that, 
Uh, he's actually facing life in prison. Imprisonment, those two crimes together are uh, high-level felonies in the state of Missouri. He's facing life in prison if convicted. There are two things that I can ask the community to do to ensure accountability and conviction. The first is keep pressure on the Department of Justice, on the Civil Rights Division to move aggressively forward with criminal charges. That creates a safety net at the state level so that if somehow the Castle Doctrine is successfully applied at the state level or the prosecutor doesn't do a, a great job at putting on the case, the federal prosecutors uh, come in immediately and make sure that he's held accountable at the federal level. We've seen that happen to George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery. We need to keep that pressure on the DOJ and on the White House. The second thing I ask the community to do is the family is going to be asking this prosecutor to recuse himself. This prosecutor is incompetent. This prosecutor behaved very offensively, uh, as I just described, when this when the case just began. We're working with the prosecutor because you have to dance with the person who brought you. However, we are asking that the attorney general, the governor, step in and um, and that the that prosecutor Zachary Thompson of Clayton County voluntarily recuse himself. We saw or join with a special prosecutor. We saw that happen in George Floyd's case where Hennepin County found, felt that they were overwhelmed with the responsibility of prosecuting Derek Chauvin. And so that prosecutor humbled himself and asked the attorney general for help. I asked that, that the prosecutor in this case do the same thing. Um, last question for me. Hmm. Uh, there is going to be an ongoing conversation because of this, about the racial component that uh, exists in this case. Black kid outside your door, kill him. We talked about it on, on, last, uh, on the last podcast. However, there have been two other shootings that, maybe three, actually, that mirror this, that seem to hit at not just the racial component here, but of an irrational fear that a large portion of Americans have right now and their quickness to pick up a weapon and eliminate what they perceive as a threat, even though there is absolutely zero threat in front of them. I mean, we're literally talking about shooting cheerleaders in Texas. When you see all of these cases, and of course they'll be compared, they'll be poured over, um, they'll be scrutinized, what is your thought on the similarities and the differences uh, between them? I'm talking about what happened in Buffalo when the young lady lost her life. I'm talking about what happened down in Texas, North Carolina, and here in Missouri with Ralph Yar. So I'm not sure that we're seeing a higher frequency of these cases. And this is what we started to talk about earlier. As uh -huh. much uh, as, much as they're, they're being, being reported on more. Now, it's still an emergency. We live in the deadliest gun culture in the world. There are more guns in America than people. Uh, the gun proliferation is being met with a national mental health crisis that we've been acknowledging and experiencing together since 2020 and the pandemic. Uh, that during that pandemic, we, we discussed sort of be, before the show that there was a run on guns nationally. And so our nation is more armed than ever. Uh, we're more, uh, we're under the influence of more drugs. Uh, and we're experiencing mental health crisis with a, a complete dearth in resources for, for, for mental health. 
And so I think the combination of those things, and we've seen the polarization politically uh, across the nation, I think the combination of those things have created a very toxic and dangerous environment. If we're going to resolve it, we have to talk seriously about racism and systemic oppression. We have to talk seriously about the war on drugs. Today is 420 and the over-incarceration and the violence that we allow for the over-incarceration of our population. If we, we're going to talk seriously about that. We're going to have to talk about a serious interpretation of the Second Amendment. It is bananas to continue to think that the Second Amendment calls for everybody to be armed. And the Second Amendment says that in order to form a, uh, in, in order to guarantee uh, safe militias, essentially, we ignore that part about militias and protecting your state. And we think everybody gets a gun. And that's not what the law says. Mm. Last question for me. You've been to the White House before. Um, I want to know on a national level if you've are because obviously what happened with Ralph and you just spoke about the prosecutor there and how in it being corrupt. And that's just not alone about what's happening in Kansas City, Missouri. It's nationwide. I'm wondering, are you continuing these conversations with the White House, with the Biden administration? Are they making any effort moving forward? And then the last thing I want to say is if there is any other case that you're working on that we need to bring light to, that we need to pay attention to, can you um, please let us know about that as well? So unfortunately, there's so many cases going on right now wow. that um, if I mentioned one, uh, there are going to be so many families that were offended. I will say that Ahmad Arbery, a national case uh, that happened years ago and people are ready to move on from. His mom, Wanda Cooper, is still building the Ahmad Arbery Foundation to create safer communities in Atlanta and across the country. Uh, there's a 5K on May 6th, a 5K in Atlanta. I ask you two, to, you two can participate if you like, if you're around May 6th. Um, come out and run with mod or to run with mod.com to learn more about participating in that 5K. Um, to answer your first question about policy on the federal level, uh, the White House has met with families. They, they are accessible. They are very sensitive to criticism. And the families aren't always happy just to have a conversation and a handshake and an invitation to the White House. Mm. We appreciate that. We appreciate the platform. Uh, but when not more is done, when resources aren't given to Kristen Clark uh, to actually go to some of these regions, send the FBI in to take over investigations, when we're not having a serious conversation about ending qualified immunity or actually changing some of the war on drug policies that President Biden helped create, uh, then we're wasting our time. I haven't seen anything that makes me, makes me hopeful that they're saying, hey, 50 years ago, we started a war on drugs. There was really a war on black and brown communities that turned our nation upside down. And just like we were very specific about those policies when we created it, we have to be very specific about the policies as we dismantle it. Mm. Trump's White House wasn't saying that when I got there. Biden's White House is still not saying that. And nobody on the political spectrum I can see is really saying, hey, we actually have to undo what we've done, not slowly continue to move forward. Mm -hmm. You guys heard it right there. You get mad when I say it. Maybe you'll take it from somebody <laughs> who <laughs> maybe you'll take it from somebody who does this every single day and is giving his, his life to it. Um, Lee, I want you to be uplifted. I want you to be strong. I want you to be encouraged. My brother, we appreciate you. We need you. We celebrate you and we thank you for joining us today on Higher Learning. I thank you all so much for having me. Please have me back. I love hanging out with you all. And I appreciate you all asking about my mental health and my family as well. Of course, of course. Yeah, thank you. thank you so much for being here. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. 
Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Lee. Lee's a, Lee's a goddamn saint. I can't believe he made time in his schedule to come on this podcast and talk to us. Really appreciate that. I said he's the man. How about that? Uh, Rachel. Gotta get to entertainment news. Go for it. All right. Jonathan Major's in a fuck ton of trouble. Oh, that's that's where we're going? I thought, no, I thought we were going somewhere else. No, 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 go no, ahead. No, no. I'm going to give you the floor. I don't have any. I, go ahead. <laughs> what? Wait a minute. What? You, <laughs> you're punting? I, was, I, thought we were, I thought we were talking about a totally different topic. Go ahead. All right. So we have to report things the way that they come out. And the reality is this. Uh, it's a low moment for Jonathan Majors. Um, his issues have gotten worse. Uh, there are reports that more alleged abuse victims are cooperating with the DA's office. Uh, sources familiar with the matter have told Variety that multiple alleged abuse victims of majors have come forward following his March arrest and are cooperating with the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. Um, that news came out after the news that Jonathan Majors had been dropped by some people. He had been dropped by his publicist. I think he had been dropped by who else? Help me out. His his management, his publicist, his management had cut ties. Um, and there are other rumors right now about what's going to happen with him uh, in the future of not only the MCU, which Marvel has steadfastly said that they uh, have made no decisions or there's been no internal talk about replacing Jonathan Majors as Kang in, the, in their upcoming slate of movies. Um, also, there have been a couple other projects and things that he was... Uh, tethered to that have also uh, backed away from him. Some things that I guess uh, for right now aren't happening. Uh, Jonathan Major's lawyers um, talked and they said, according to his lawyer Priya Chaudhry, said that there's video evidence that will go a long way to exonerate him. They say that uh, the driver of the vehicle that he was in with the woman at the time of the alleged assault, will testify that he never struck her. Uh, they also think that they have video from the same night of the incident. And during this video, you can see that the woman in question is uninjured and that during the time that she went to a club after this incident happened, that she spent $800 of Majors' money on champagne. Um, they have, according to them, video footage from an elevator where it shows her with no laceration on her ear. Uh, and that what really happened was she went out, sent a bunch of angry messages, accusing Jonathan of infidelity. Then the next morning, 
She had a manic panic episode. He calls the police. And then we have what we have. That is all the information about Jonathan Majors now. You have the fact that there are more alleged uh, accusers coming forward. That, that's a report from Variety. You have another report from the LA Times that says that his lawyer has mounds of evidence that will uh, exonerate Jonathan Majors. And then you have the professional response. There's nothing that we didn't report here on Higher Learning about Jonathan Majors and nothing that we didn't say. And I'll say this. Watching you guys volley this back and forth like a volleyball to play gotcha with the two hosts of your podcast, you can go fuck yourselves, all of you. And I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I, when I, when I, I'm not fucking around. I'm not playing. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Go fuck yourself, all of y'all. The reality is this. Things are hard. There's gray in the world. There are things that you wish weren't true. There are things that test your principle and they test who you are. And a lot of people listening to this right now don't have to get on something and then be who everyone thinks that they should be twice a week. Mm. And that's the reality of it. The reality of all the information being out there right now. And I can tell you one thing. If, in fact, this guy is who they say he is, if, in fact, all of this is true, I'm deeply disappointed, deeply sad, and was fooled in a very deep way. Don't have any problem coming to terms with that. But the fact that there are people out there that want to fucking skewer me? Like, I'm not going for that shit. I'm, yeah. I'm not going for it. Like, I'm, I'm really not. And, and how, however y'all want to feel about me, y'all can feel that way. The reality is, that's all the information right there. You're asking me what I think? It looks bad. Straight like that. You're asking me what I feel? It looks bad. Doesn't look like it's going to have an income, an outcome that would make me feel good. That's what it looks like. And I unequivocally, unequivocally denounce, kill, destroy, set on fire the notion of abuse and the abuse of women in our culture. Never been about yeah. it. Not about to start at 43. But I'm right. telling you guys right now, people are human. That's the story for anyone that thought we were run from it because we have had Jonathan on and we've talked to Jonathan and we've liked Jonathan and we had a relationship with Jonathan in whatever way we've had a relationship with him. Like, that's what you get. And, and, and saying all of this, I'll say again, I hope it isn't true. I hope it isn't true. I deeply and desperately hope that it's not true. And if it is, the next hope is that this brother would get help and that in some way the people that were victims of whatever happened in these situations 
would be made whole and be able to go on and live their lives in some kind of way. So that that's what I'm saying. And that's I don't have anything else to say on it. Okay. The only thing that I disagree with you on is that I was trying to run from it. I don't <laughs> want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to run from it. But like something that you said, this is not, this is not easy. And obviously everything that you said is right. And I wholeheartedly agree. And we we don't want any of this to be true. But a part of the reason it's not just hard to talk about because this is somebody who's come on our podcast, we're obviously friendly with. It's also hard because we haven't heard from him. We haven't we haven't seen any any like video. We haven't seen any photographs. Everything that comes out, in in my opinion, we shouldn't even be. It shouldn't even be out here. I am very annoyed by the fact that there continues to be information that comes out from the attorneys that keep seeing to seemingly trying to try this in the court of public opinion. I would much rather see this handled. In a court of law, if there is all this evidence, if there is photographs, if there is things that are exonerating him, let that play out in court and please stop releasing stuff to the media and allowing people to have their own interpretation of it before it even starts. Just let it play out in the court system. I feel like it is doing so much more damage and allowing people to talk about it, which makes them try to then feel like they need to respond to it. There is a court date May 8th. Let it play out there. I don't I'm 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 honestly so annoyed by the way that it's been handled this far. I don't think that we should be getting the information that we get up that we've gotten this far. There's 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 more out there apparently that we know. Let it play out in court. And then I'll talk about it. Well, that's impossible. That's impossible, Rachel. What? Which part? They can't, be, they, can't they can't do that. Let's they can't that's they can't impossible. do what? Like, they can't do what? People are going to be ravenous for the information. It's just like Tori and Meg. People are going to be, be people, 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 people are going to be ravenous about ravenous. the information. And to be real with they can you, be ravenous. So many other people's plans, movies, whatever, are on the line. Somebody's going to talk to somebody. Man, you can you, know have, you can have no, 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 no. Right now, it's specifically his team, his attorneys talking. You so can you have those conversations with networks. I want them to stop. We didn't need text messages released. Obviously, you're going to put out a general statement when it happens to respond. Put that statement out. That is necessary. Stop sending out text messages. Stop responding to a report that comes out in variety. Just let it play out. You've put out a general statement. You've proclaimed his innocence. Just leave it there. You saying we have this, this, and this, and putting out club video. Who are you trying to prove your case to? The court of public opinion? Or like you're never going to win with them. We know this. Just let it play out in the legal system. If you've got that evidence evidence that's going to free him, fantastic. Please let it play out there. But I think you are doing so much more damage to him by trying to argue your case to us outside of it. We don't matter as much as first getting figuring out legally what's going to happen. That's just my opinion. Um, Just to get his side of it right, uh, some details. Um, they say he got home at 11. They say Majors got home at 11.13 and found her unconscious. That was the next morning. 
and half naked on the floor of his walk-in closet. He also discovered she allegedly threw up in his bed and told him she'd taken a few sleeping tablets. And that's when they say that he called 911. 911 comes out there. Then there is a, a discussion. Jonathan Majors is arrested. All right. You guys will cover the story as the, as, as the information comes out. Or if Rachel doesn't want to or whatever, it, it's we'll, we'll cover the story. Shut up, Rachel. We'll cover it like we'll, we'll cover the story as the information comes out. We'll cover it as it comes out. God damn. All right. Uh, Rachel, you Who's go out chance? and party. You go out and party a lot, right? You go out and party. <laughs> you like to go out and party. Don't do that. You do. Wait. Because there's a, no, I don't go out and party a lot. I do not go out and party a lot. Rachel, see what I'm saying? This is what I don't like. I like, I don't okay. like. No, no, no. Me. No, no, no. Do you know what, what is the definition of party? Do I go to events? Am I clubbing? No. I don't even what know clubs in LA. What is the definition of party is what you just Because asked. I don't club. I don't club. I don't even know okay, clubs me, in LA. I can't even tell you okay. the last time I've been to a club in LA. I don't club. Number one, number one, you definitely have because I've actually, Sean Dickerson got you into Sadiq. You were like Sean Dickerson. That was Dickerson, a year ago. Sadiq. I know. That was, that was is, literally so a year you know ago. Sadiq. <laughs> you know Sadiq. Okay. So number one. I don't even know if so that party exists anymore. It does. Shout Sean Dickerson who also came oh, to the Oh, does it really? Oh, I got to go yeah. back. Yeah. Sean, by the way, felt, <laughs> feels like you and Kalika tried to play him. I didn't know that was him. To be so, so very God. So Kalika had a bone to pick with Sean. It's like, Sean didn't say hello. You guys were like, Sean didn't even say hi. And Sean is didn't like, no, he was there. They, they both looked at me. That's what he said. He's like, I they did. both looked at me and didn't say anything. I didn't. Right. Didn't they both looked him. at me and didn't say I looked say him dead nothing. in the eye. Right. So, yeah. You, play, you played yourself and you played Sean. My, one of my, I, a friend I, of mine, somebody I will very admit, important but, to me. In but, my life. but here's a, hold on. He knew who we were. He had a cap on his head. I didn't see that. And he had sunglasses on. My yeah. bad, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> you well, were well, incognito at the premiere. He didn't bring. He didn't bring it up. Kalika brought it up. It's like, Sean didn't even say hello. See, this is the thing. This is why I came out of the theater dancing and stuff. I got to get everybody connected because you guys so were scared funny. to say hello to one another. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so look. Um, but real talk, I don't party. Like, I'm not on the scene like that. Just one last question. Would you consider going to the Usher concert, going out and partying? Yeah. But how often okay. do I go to Vegas for a concert? It's I'm so happy Vegas. you can point to what I did last week. What did I do the week before that? Or the week before that? The week before that? It's not about Vegas. It's not the same thing. People are going to listen to this thing. podcast and they're going to be like, we don't understand why Rach is doing this. It's okay. You go out and you party a lot. What's wrong? But like, I, it, it's, Because I don't. I can't <laughs> tell you the last time outside of Usher. I, I definitely go out, right? Like right. I go to dinners. I go to a screening. I go to events, but like a party is a different, I got to turn up in a different way. So Anyways, have I told you about the? Have I told you about the, before we get to chance, have I told you about the crazy person that tweets negative things about you at me all the time? This, this bot person. And you love it. Th that I'm it's such not, a party person. Go ahead and play it, it to the narrative. I don't <laughs> love it. But this one, this one was tweeted me, at me, me and my womb, Me and my womb party, party every weekend. <laughs> me and my womb begin it. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is so this is from this person again I don't know who this person is I'm gonna block them I'm gonna block them right now after I read this tweet it says <laughs> <laughs> man so this is obviously somebody who listens to the podcast 
So, Van, it's a shame you didn't invite Brian to your birthday party. You could have introduced him to your female friends. <laughs> he may have been awful. <laughs> he must be lonely considering Rachel. They tweeted this. <laughs> you guys are crazy. <laughs> Like, you you laugh for these. You laugh for these. I'm, I'm about to block this person. I'm about to block this person. I'm seriously because it's been too long that I haven't blocked it. I gotta say this to Rachel. It's been too long that I haven't blocked this. Person. I'm about to block this person. Like, I, I, I gotta block. I'm not even gonna say your name. I gotta block you. Obviously, a bot. Bot. They're blocked. Okay. So <laughs> you sent it to the group chat. <laughs> that's that. I I read that. See, the thing about this person, whoever this is, is that they are kind of funny. You know what I mean? It's like, it, 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 it's like, it's like, I didn't even see they, this tweet. They are kind of funny. I'm like, this person is nuts. Like, who could this be? Like, I want to find out who they are. Like, this is fucking nuts. Anyway. All right. So Chance the Rat, Rapper uh, was at Carnival in Jamaica. And, you know, he's married to Christian Corley. They've been married for a long time. He ruined a whole album talking about his marriage. Very interesting. Which and album did he ruin? One, this is not controversial, Rich. Chance Ask dropped. Rap? Uh, no, Chance dropped Coloring Book. Then he came back after Coloring Book. And he oh, had a whole that album. album. <laughs> and the one I'm like, I which album? Chance. The one I forget. I love I, Chance. I'm a, I'm I a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. That was not good. And it was like he was in love, and the love clouded the music. A little bit. He was in was love like, when he oh, did Coloring Book, by the way. By, when he did Coloring yeah. Book, he was in love. He it's talks not the about wife's it. fault. It's not anybody's fault. You know, people make albums that other people don't like. We have podcasts that people don't like. We do things that people don't like. People look at me, Van, I hate your movie. I'm like, thanks for watching. Um, but, but, um, <laughs> all right. So Chance was at Carnival and he was carnivaling it up. Did you see the video? He was grinding and smacking some butt. Um, one tap. I mean, look. One tap. One one tap. He's tapping. He's tapping and grinding. He's brooking it down. Brook down. Brook down. Come on. You know what I mean? How you do it in Jamaica? You dagger. You you dagger somebody. You dagger. Don't know. Brook down. Brook down. Come on, the big truck. I used to watch uh, Caribbean rhythms back in the day, and there was this guy because I used to watch it just for Rachel. I would watch Caribbean rhythms for two reasons: for Rachel and for new Patra videos. I don't know if you guys remember Patra, <laughs> but I will. But I will watch him for that, and I will watch like the the videos that they would come out. Big truck, big truck. Come on, come on, the big truck, the big truck. And there was this guy who was going around on the big truck, and the truck was there. It was a carnival, whatever. <laughs> I guess Chance saw that because he was all up on a girl. Uh, your thoughts? Do you, as a married woman, um, if if Brian was out there on the big truck, uh, <laughs> winding behind some girls and doing the dagger, would you have been mad? I'm sorry. If this was Brian in this video, I would have laughed. You wouldn't have been mad. I would not. There you go. If this was if this was Brian in this very video at Carnival having himself a good old time, I honestly don't think I would have been upset. I I I don't know. And maybe I can't say anything because just the last week I was like, oh, if Usher pulled me up on stage, I would let him dance on me. But mm -hmm. I also said, if Janet Jackson pulled Brian up on stage, I would let her dance on him. I guess because it was Carnival, if this had been like, a private party, you know, you didn't think anybody was filming. 
and like you were dancing like that, I would have been like, okay, what's going on? But you were out in public. You knew you were being filmed. I don't know. I feel like you was just caught up in the carnival spirit. I don't know if I would have been that upset. It depends if Brian had been like, oh no. If Brian had come home and been like, yeah, I was just chilling. Like, I don't know. We weren't doing anything. Maybe if he had lied to me about it. I don't know. Call me. Maybe this is going to get old Natalie Hicks all worked up saying, I don't care about Brian. I just don't know in this moment if I would have been that upset. So because like, even guy, in the video, he dances, he dances and he moves on. Right. He doesn't stay there. He doesn't keep going. It's like I'm dancing with her. And like he just kind of like jokes with his friends and keeps and like you can see he's walking away. It just wasn't that big of a deal to me. Um, sorry. So I want to make sure I get this right. The big truck guy's name. Van's been looking at Van's Michael been Van Montana. the whole time I was talking. Van was looking up the big truck video. Well, I heard what you said because I have some questions. <laughs> I have some questions. Um, and this guy's Trinidadian, Trinidadian. He's not Jamaican, but it was the same big truck energy that I used to. I used to like watching on Caribbean rhythms. So you would be upset if Brian did it. Let me ask you a question. If you a lot were of things girl, would have to be in place. If you were the girl that was in the video and Chance was dancing with you, do you think Brian would have been mad? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> 100% he would be mad. He would be mad that matter. I was wearing that costume. He would be yeah. mad I was wearing that costume. He would be mad that I was twerking that way. He, oh my God, yes. He would have so, been upset. So isn't there something to be said? Because it doesn't sure. it matter who's doing the fucking in that situation. Because it's like, if Brian was getting it, there's like a disconnect almost. It's like, hey, he's dancing, whatever. But to bend over and accept the dance fuck uh, <laughs> to Americans at least because I want to make sure I point something out. This doesn't mean shit to them. This is the right. way they dance. And part of what we're doing right now is built in black American xenophobia as we project our morals and values onto a culture that knows how to have a good time. Having right. said that, I know a lot of guys that if they saw the girl bending over and receiving the big fuck on the big truck would probably be upset. I know one thing. I better not be having somebody bent over on the big truck. <laughs> nah, nigga. I don't have it like that. Mm. I don't have a good enough track record to have somebody bent over on the big truck. So that's... So and that's, maybe that's, that's part of it, too. <laughs> maybe that's part of it, too. Because, like, right, I'm just, with Brian, I do. I would be like, okay. Yeah. You know what's like, going to happen now, right? For example... Right. But wait. Th maybe he will. For example, there have been times where we've been out together, Brian and I, and I'm like, oh, shit. And I'm, like, get really amped up. And I, like, jump on top of a table. And I start dancing. This is Brian. Look, look. Taping you? <laughs> yes. That's because he needs those But I'm dancing memories. by myself. I'm dancing by myself. I'm not. <laughs> Wait. 
go ahead and that's, finish that's that. He, he, that's because he needs. Why does he need precious but, memories? For when you're not around. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, sit that old by himself at night, watching old video watching clips you, of me, like crying. Um, I, it's not a big deal. I knew that people would make it a big deal because it's something else to talk about. I mean, we don't know how his wife feels, but it just depends on who you. Are. I feel. I feel like Chance. Yeah, she's she has her own. She is. And she has a right to feel however she feels. That's just me talking yeah. about my my opinion. If she's upset, I support her. All right. So let I me support, tell you what I'm going to do. I support let Kristen in this. Yes. Let me, let me tell you what I'm going to do. They got Hollywood Carnival. This, really? They have it. My man Rob. Rob from Dynasty. Shout out Rob. Shout out Rob. Shout out Franz. Shout out all my people out here that do, uh, that do Hollywood Carnival. Shout out Rob. Rob does Hollywood hmm. Carnival out here. They've been having it. I don't know if they're going to have it this year. If they have Hollywood Carnival, I'm going to get my big ass into one of them uniforms. I'm going to actually put it <laughs> over my clothes, though. I, I can't do the Carnival <laughs> uniform right now. I can't. I'm going to put it over my clothes. I'm going to wear... You're on your way. A, I'm on my way. I'm going to wear a Nike tech suit. And then over the Nike tech suit, I'm going to put the Carnival stuff. That's the best y'all going to get. But I'm going to take Brian out there because they got the big truck out there. And they got take the ladies Brian. out there. You know what? Guess what? I'm going to put you to the test. This is happening. Me and Brian are going to Hollywood Carnival. We're going to drink. We're going to get in the big truck. You know what I mean? And I'm going to see if you really don't care. I'm going to see. They're going to love him too. Think about Brian in one of those uniforms looking like a goddamn Colombian god. Looking like a Colombian <laughs> god, a South American prince. Can't wait. I'm probably not going to that shit. I'm not going to lie. All right, uh, mailbag. Let's go. Mailbag time. Time to read your letters and then we'll reply to them. Oh, it's mailbag time. Write us with your queries and we'll chime in. All right. Uh, first question comes from Black Chill. Uh, today, or the recording day is April 20th. They ask, in honor of 420, what are your favorite weed songs? Oh, man, that's a great question. The weed don't get no better, no better, babe. The weed song. Ooh. Bone Thugs and Harmony. <laughs> you like that? My mom used to sing Bone Thugs and Harmony. She used to, she used to, my mom loved I Bone Thugs. I love like, Bone Thugs. I do I too. Away, me and Miss Crystal. The reef of Oslada. I take it away. He didn't make, he didn't miss that, miss that, miss that. Um, uh, they played that last night. Run with us, run with us, run with oh, us. Really? When's the last time? Had, yeah. When's the last time you heard that song? And that's like my, um, that's one of my favorite. It's really a, a, an amazing, mm. an amazing song. Kid Cudi is so crazy to me. It's Kid Cudi and I think Chip the Ripper. King Chip, as he's mm. known now, fantastic rapper. I'll tell you something. There's a whole era of rap that okay. nobody remembers. Niggas just running. It was King Chip, Big Sean, Wiz Khalifa, Currency. We don't remember that, this? That whole, I feel like niggas acted like it did. That whole balcony rap era was just crazy. That's all I was listening to, man. 09, 010, 011, 011, 010. 
Um, <laughs> so it'd be that one. All right, next one. Next one. All right, next one is from Tony L. Tigre. Who is Van and Rachel's favorite family member and why? Not doing it. Oh, what um, am I talking about? My grandmother. <laughs> yeah. My grandmother in Houston. Glenda, I love you so much. She is by far my favorite. When I, I don't even go Man. to Dallas anymore. I go to Houston to see her. So, so my grandmother, my mamo doesn't count because my mamo is like... So here's the thing about this question is there's really no nobody outside. Like the, the core of my family, Ebony, my mamo, my mom, my dad, my cousin Jasmine, my uncles, and there's a core. And outside that core, it's like, you know who I really loved? I loved my Uncle Charles and my Aunt Teresa. I love my Uncle Craig, but he's in the core. My dad didn't, when I look back at it, my dad didn't really let us get too close to family like that. He kept us with the family. He curated our family situation. The core. Yeah, he would, he would keep it in the core. Like my Uncle Craig, my Uncle Ray, like those two brothers of his, they were always there. But like third cousin Lonnie and all of those people like that, they weren't really like around like that. And if they came around, he would quickly say bad things about them. So, so I guess it would be my uh, my my uncle Charles and my aunt Teresa were were two people that were like super duper amazing to me as I was a kid. All right, Donna, you got one more? Hmm. Yeah, one more. Uh, sad particular asks, uh, or they say, I've recently seen this trend on socials of asking, "Would you slap blank for a billion dollars?" It's a stupid fucking question. My question is, who wouldn't you slap for a billion dollars? Who wouldn't I slap for a billion dollars? I would slap anybody for a billion dollars. I'd slap anybody for a mil. (laughs) (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) You know what the crazy thing is? I I couldn't imagine my mother and my grandmother would make me do it. But I can't imagine just slapping the shit out of my mama. Oh my God. I'd I slap my dad so I slapped the judge so quick for a bill. For a bill. Let me ask you this. I've, this is the question. <laughs> Would you want me to slap the judge for a billion dollars? Sure. I'd expect I'd ex- I anybody if we get in a billion. <laughs> So everybody. Okay, let's set the scenario because <laughs> I got therapy in a second to talk about how we about to get fucking ringed after this podcast comes out. But but let me let, let's set the t- let's say this is the scenario. The billion dollars gambit has been laid down. However, the judge can't know. So we can't warn the judge. I don't care. That he's getting slapped for the billion. You would still help me slap your dad for a billion dollars. You ask for forgiveness later. <laughs> he would say, I understand. <laughs> All right. I say, I did it. This, one, this one's for you, judge. 
Boom. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Well, I know the judge got that heat on him. That's a real chance that you take. Oh, that's for sure. <laughs> so you know what I think would happen if I tried to slap the judge? I think that I would try to slap him and he would catch my hand. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, that happened to me one time. I didn't try to slap See him. See what I'm saying? And he tried to... He had to, well, I did it in reverse. I was getting a spanking and I grabbed the belt. I, I snatched the belt when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I, I ain't never seen my daddy look at me like that before. <laughs> it was reverse. He just turned, he turned he, like that. Drool coming out. <laughs> we gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. Podcast is off the rails. Take the caps off, but do not stop learning. I am very little junior. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.